Hi, I'm Talisa, the owner of 10X Marketing Consultancy, where we help businesses to 10X their lead generation with content marketing strategies. I'm Josh from Big Sky Creative. Since 2011, we've been helping brands grow online through creative video content. And I'm James, and I've worked in audio my whole life, and now I run Sound Media, where we help brands to create amazing podcasts for their business. Together, we want to help you create better content. Welcome to Content 360. Today, then, we are talking about email marketing. We're going to be taking a look at a few do's and don'ts of um, email marketing. First of all, I think it's a good idea for us to just kind of set the scene a little bit about what those different kind of types of email marketing are. Talisa, you are very much our expert on this one. Talk us through then different forms of email marketing. Yeah, so I'd probably class them... This class is like three different ones, really, I would say. So first one is your typical like newsletter value added content. Um, so maybe people want to send out a monthly newsletter. Some of you will go as far as, you know, weekly ones. Uh, but something that's not necessarily going in for a hard sell at all. It's just offering, you know, advice, how to tips or add classes, value added content. Second one is, you know, your sales, more promotional style emails. Um, they might be a bit more frequent, particularly good for B2C style businesses. Um, and then finally, it's then kind of like automation style emails, which goes down a whole different rabbit hole in itself. Right. But obviously it is email marketing still. It's just an automated kind of sequence. I suspect we'll probably touch on all three of yeah. those um, types in, in in somewhere or another as we get into um, into the discussion. But to start with, you've pulled together a couple of do's mm-hmm. and a couple of don'ts mm-hmm. just to try and get our our brains working a little bit and see where that conversation takes us. So the first do is the word personalize. Yes. So I think in every form of marketing. If you personalise it uh, to the audience that you're speaking to, obviously it usually performs higher um, and engagement's better. Um, so within email marketing, there's you know various different ways to personalise your email. It can be in the subject line, so it could have your name in there, um, which might you know provoke you to open that email more. Um, or it could be personalization within the actual text in the email itself. So it could be, you know, directed to you. It might even be other things, you know, if it is a B2C style business and you've got a lot of data on someone, such as like birthdays or what they've been purchasing, you could start to add that personalization into the email as well. So it's great. It is a great tool. It is known that if you are personalizing a subject line, um, open rates are higher. Right. So in terms of like an industry average, your open rates, you should be aiming towards 15 to 20% open rate on emails and click through which is obviously if anyone clicks on the email um, and diverts somewhere else that should be around five percent which it does seem low um, in grand scheme of things but that is kind of the industry standard um, and what you need for trying to achieve Um, so hopefully by you know if your open rates are dipping personalization is a great tool Um, there's many platforms that allows you to add personalization very easily um certainly you know insert name or insert company name anything like that you can do um so they all they all provide the tools to do it it's just making sure you do it correctly um and make sure the data in your platform's correct because there's nothing worse than you add in personalization in you know and it says hi john when the person's actually not called john and yeah. they're thinking hmm, you've sent me this by mistake uh, so you've got to use it with care yeah, absolutely. I was going to say when um, 
this kind of it's kind of semi-automated personalization isn't yeah. it? it first started to become a thing i used to get a few emails that was hi first name yes and that's where you know it's gone wrong yeah now yeah. hopefully if the person didn't have a first name in the data it just would just say hi but then it's where people put a comma at the end yeah and then you see the comma and you're like oh well there's something meant to be there uh, so it's just been careful and just doing lots of testing as well whilst you're in uh, you know before it's been sent Okay, good tips. Um, that's going to move on to our, our second do, because you just hinted at it there, which is that subject of testing. Yes. And what I mean by testing as well is there's various different types. Um, for example, subject lines, there's A-B testing. So what that means is you might decide you've got two different subject lines for the email. And most platforms, again, it'll allow you to do this for an A-B t- style testing. So it'll send out one subject line to 10% of the audience, one subject line to the other 10. It looks at that open right over, you know, the first couple of hours. Um, and then it'll say, okay, this one performed better in that couple of hours. Let's send the rest of the email campaign data with this um, subject line to, you know, the 80% that's missing. So that's one form of testing. So that's really good. I'd always say any email that you do, add in at least two options because, you know, you're hoping to... Yeah improve your rates but then there is the other aspect of your actual design of your email as well so you might decide you know to choose different banners on different emails it might be a bit of a different copy um even to the fact of um html style emails compared to a plain text email so there's different benefits there you know your html email is where it's very image focused it looks promotional it looks marketing where a plain text email looks as though you've just naturally sent it through you know gmail outlook um and it does normally in platforms allow you to create the email together look at the plain text version and look at the html version but you know it's worthwhile testing which one performs better um especially b2b i'd say plain text ones perform better because you don't naturally look at it and think it's marketing Mm. uh, where b2c you do so again it's about testing what you actually want your message to say um, and doing it in different different variations. Again, coming back to call to actions, you may might try, you know, learn more or, you know, find out or, you know, read more, see which call to action buttons work better as well. Some really interesting stuff in there, particularly that that question about plain text mm. emails. I never really kind of take much notice of the emails that I get. Uh, but now when I think about it, yeah, I think I probably am a little bit more responsive to something yeah. that's plain text. Because you just, naturally it just feels think like it comes really from that simple, person just a simple message isn't yeah. it and, and it does that almost makes it feel that little bit more personal and that little bit more kind of um, yeah. kind of real and again it's coming back to what we've discussed quite a lot in this podcast it's about knowing your audience and learning about what your audience likes and what they don't like the more you have of that the more you can implement it into email marketing yeah great great thoughts uh we've worked to lisa pretty hard in the first few minutes <laughs> of uh, of the episode so we need to we need to carry this a little bit now um, yeah Josh, where where do you stand on email marketing? Is it something that you, you do? Is it something that you've tried? Where, where are you? So I'm very much, I would say I'm at the amateur side of the uh, email marketing sort of journey. It's not something we've done a hell of a lot of. Um, I think just down to the kind of clients we work with, we work with fewer clients, but yep. on like longer kind of term relationships. But as we move to open our studio now and want to you know, promote this space mm-hmm. to other creatives and have more of a, maybe even a B2C kind of um, arm to our business. It's something we're starting to move into. Um, so we have sent out our first few emails. We used lead magnets, going back to our previous episode, yeah. um, on YouTube to develop a bit of a mailing list. And now we are actually doing some of the testing to see 
are people responding better to sort of behind the scenes content or is it just the whole here's another free download for you to get hold of so yeah. we're kind of at that point it's a the beginning of our journey and we're if you're being honest deciding whether to continue it ourselves or just outsource it to someone like yourself you know, <laughs> who knows a hell of a lot more about this than us but yeah it's going to be interesting i suppose if you ask me again a few months time as yeah. to how it's become a part of our promotion for the for the studio yeah and i think it'd be good to revisit that and see how you've how you've got on with it actually and and, and how it's worked for you um i think I'll, i'm going to echo what what you said in terms of i guess i'm very much at the beginning of my kind of journey into email marketing see the value in it very much uh, particularly for for me kind of with clients and maybe sharing tips and things like that that there's a real sort of value in in that um, I think where I stand on it is it just it's one of those things that feels quite overwhelming when you write mm. at the, the beginning of it because there'll be a lot of the things that we've talked about so far that will have gone over a lot of people's heads that yeah. kind of like testing what, what does that even sort of mean so it does it, it can feel quite a quite a challenging kind of thing to get to grips with can't it it's so big with so much potential and even platform wise you know you can get quite simple platforms you can get ones like active campaign which is you know you can do so much of it and you know you can just touch the iceberg and there's so much more to go so yeah it's got so much potential but again i think if if you are starting out with it you've just got to take it one step at a time a lot of my clients come to me who've never done you know email marketing before and they just say actually we just want to send out a monthly newsletter once a month that just adds some value and actually touches base with our clients in you know another another media format um and that you know that works well but then i've got you know a b2c client that literally wants an email near enough out every single day with five different variations multiple different testing options wow. and it can go round in a massive circle you know even to the point of saying okay i want this email to go to males I want this email to go to females you know different talking tones of voice it can go very very deep i suppose That's fascinating isn't it yeah. yeah sorry i suppose a lot of the um we were saying testing all that kind of stuff a lot of it is what people might already be doing with social ads yeah you do different social ads don't you and you target different demographics with you know depending yeah. on what we're trying to sell so a lot of it could be brought in across that we keep saying um b2c and b2b as well so are the tips we've discussing are they do they work across the board or would you approach those differently yeah i'd say the tips so far work definitely work across the board um i would say for B2C, you've probably got more personalization options because I'd, I'd expect you'd probably know a little bit more about them compared to a business. So you'd probably know, you know, a birthday of someone, the gender, that kind of thing, where more business yeah. style emails, you know, you've probably got company name, location, and a contact there, that kind of personalization. So yeah, it, the, you know, the tips go across the board, but there's probably more options with B2C email. The only downside of B2C email, it's harder in terms of like GDPR to actually collect data because you've got to be more careful where B2B style email campaigns, you can use um, like legitimate interest of, you know, your audience to send out emails for as well. But you've got to be a lot more careful in terms of, you know, people legitimately saying, I want to accept your emails from a B2C perspective. There's a whole podcast in that, isn't Yeah, there? there is. GDPR, God, still haunts <laughs> me. And it, what was it, like three, four years ago now? Yeah. I do still sometimes get the odd email that doesn't have an unsubscribe yeah. link 
on it and you kind of think how many years into this are we now and there's still people that are, are kind of failing on the most simple of um simple of tests so i guess i guess that's probably a little extra do isn't it is do yeah. stay within the law um you don't you don't want to particularly for your business you don't want to get a reputation as yeah. uh, as cutting corners because that's just doesn't represent you as a brand very well at all yeah and i think email marketing people do see it as like a little bit of an invas and you know an invasion sometimes yeah. um so people can easily get wound up by receiving yeah. a lot of marketing emails so it's again going back to your audience what do they like durations timings have they actively said they want to hear from you for this kind of content so it's just being careful and considerate so we've we've done um we've done the do's mm. now we need to do the don'ts that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so we said do personalize, do test. Yep. So now the other end of the scale, don't send the same email to everyone on your list. Yeah. So what I mean by this, I'm not saying every email either. I'm just saying, you know, you, you've got to do some form of segmentation. Maybe a, a newsletter style email might go out to everyone. And that's fine. Um, but other areas is, for example... I've got a client at the moment that sells like ketogenic food, low carb food. Right. Now we might do an email promoting bread, but there's no point in sending that out to people in the last week that's already bought bread. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So it's about, okay, who in the list do we want this to go to? Is there any list that we want to cross sell to, upsell to based on their bit, you know, buying behaviors? Um, so this email that we did about bread, we sent it out to probably about 8% of the list, people that we know has not bought bread in the last seven days. And in 24 hours, we got that email revenue um, backed up to about £3,000 worth of sales in 24 hours of sending out a bread. And, you know, a loaf of bread is not that expensive. Mm. So it worked. But it's just be it's understanding the message in the email and who that needs to go to to make it as specific and coming back to personalization again as possible. Yeah. It's important to make sure you've got lists set up. Um, in there I've just actually been introduced to a new email platform called Clavio and it's really good at integrating with if you've got an e-commerce system on your website and it literally looks at you know who bought what what else could they sell to into the product range that you've got Um, it's amazing the intel that it gives you Um, and it's about just looking at that and deciding okay let's become more segmented and personalized to get the right email in front of the right person at the right time Good tip, good tip, I like that. And then our second don't is, I like this as well, don't go overboard. Yeah. So we all, we've all probably been accustomed to receiving an email. It comes through into your inbox and you've actively got to then download the images to see the email. And at first it just looks like loads of missing boxes. You might see a tiny bit of text and automatically you think in your mind, this is a marketing promotional email. Yeah. Um, so it's not going too overboard with putting, you know, images in, uh, video from your side, Josh, that's very hard in email campaigns. One, because it can, you know, slow it down. Mm-hmm. Two, it can't naturally play in an email, so you've got to be diverted somewhere else. So it's about keeping it simple. I'm not saying don't put images in and coming back to the HTML and plain text area, um, but it's about, yeah, not going overboard with five different call to actions when you're actually just wanting them to make one over bombarding with images graphics animations you know i think more more simple the better do you um do you know how th- the impact of that in terms of the likelihood of a, an email being delivered to the spam folder 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I, I imagine there's lots of different factors that, yeah, that influence yeah. that. Um, but can going overboard on your email? Yeah, it can do, especially um, your deliverability couldn't go down as well because some email boxes only allow a certain kind of size of email to be received. And again, if you're putting a lot of images in there, it's going to bulk up the size of that email to be delivered. Mm-hmm. So for example, um, I used to work for a company that was based in the maritime industry. So whenever I was doing a lot of email marketing, I had to expect that most of those contacts would be out at sea and not having the best internet speed that was pulling it off. Of so there's no point in us doing an email full of you know pictures and buttons and JavaScript when really it's probably not even going to be able to load their site. So you had to keep it as simple as possible. And again, that's not about not going overboard and understanding your audience and how they're going to be receiving it as well. Yeah, I like that. I like that. What What about this question, Josh, about um, videos then as part of newsletters? Because I guess it's the kind of thing that you'll have, you'll have seen when people do it. Do you think it works? Do you think it, it doesn't kind of including a video as part of a, an email shop? I think, I mean, the complications of trying to put a lot of data into an email is one of the reasons we've kind of shied away from it for so long. Um, I have seen it done well. I think people just use a thumbnail and then use yeah. that as a redirect through. But yeah, you've got to just keep it, like you said, keep it simple. And if you want someone to watch a video, then don't try and shoehorn in three or four other images and different calls to actions. Just keep it, that's the video, that's a feature of that email. Let's just keep it to that and try and get somebody onto that video and leave it for another email for everything else. Yeah, okay. I've got a few kind of questions that I've been amassing as we've been um, yeah, chatting. Yeah, of course. You mentioned about uh, you've just started or you've just discovered a new platform. Mm-hmm. How important do you think it is to use a platform if there's people that think, oh, actually, I could probably just manage all this from within, like, my Outlook or within yeah. my, like, um, Gmail account or something like that? Is is that either, is that realistic in any way? Um, you can. If you've got a really small data list, you can. But the only downside of that is you've got then no idea who's opened it and who's clicked on it. Yeah. Uh, so you've got no reporting data, which you'd hopefully then make decisions on, you know, for your next email. Um, so I would always say, you know, there's so many platforms out there and cheap ones as well. Even th- uh, like free ones. Uh, one great one that I use for a lot of clients for people that have got under, I think it's a thousand contacts. I use MailerLite. It's an amazing platform. You can even do automations in there and you don't have to pay any cost if you've got under a thousand contacts. Now, right. most new businesses don't have, you know, over a thousand contacts. Um, so that's fantastic. Uh, but then you can go up into, you know, the bigger boys such as, you know, Active Campaign, you know, this HubSpot's um, email marketing system, which is, that's very expensive. Um, and most platforms, the charge either goes from the amount of emails you want to send in a month or the amount of subscribers you've got. Right. So usually platforms are based their pricing on one of those factors. Um, but yeah, the, the newest one that I've come across, which is Clavio, that's an amazing platform, especially for B2C style emails, because the amount of kind of segmentation and data you can get, which integrates straight from your WordPress website into, you know, your email software. It just, you know, it streams ahead. Sounds really, really clever. I'd put another vote in for MailerLite. I mean, from a beginner's point of view, with a fairly small database, I found that so intuitive mm-hmm. just to get your first email out there. And the amount of reporting and how easy it was to make sort of head to tail of the reports you got was fantastic. So yeah. from our perspective, if you haven't done any yet, that's a yeah. great one to trial, isn't it? Before Definitely. you pay for a I know service. MailChimp's a popular one. Um, and it was kind of, the, you know, at the forefront of email marketing when email marketing became yeah. a, a thing. I shy away from it because I don't think the deliverability through... Uh, MailChimp's as good as other platforms. Um, obviously, they've got their own domain, they've got their own, you know, systems and you know the technical side. I mean, I've just actually tried a new 
platform called Cleverreach. And that's because I had a massive data list and I'm talking, you know, about 25,000 data uh, subscribers that I needed to work with. And that was a great tool for that because it was one of the cheapest and it got one of the highest kind of deliverability scores out of the all different platforms. So it's about doing your research a little bit. But yeah, if you're starting out, MailerLite, fantastic. You know, I use that for probably 80% of my clients at this moment in time. Right. Okay, cool. This might be something that we all kind of want to bowl some opinion in on, but... um, how often should you send, uh, w- whether it's a newsletter, whether it's a, a, a sales e-shop, w- whatever it might be, uh, this might be an answerable question, but mm. you know, what is you, you touched on there about having a client that wants to send or, or you know, pretty much every day, um, some people once a month. I'm one of those, I, I get quite uh, annoyed if I feel like I'm being bugged by someone a little bit too much, and I guess everyone's got a different threshold yeah. as to to where that is but for me i'd struggle to see anything more than once a week being yeah um, the the right side of the line i'd only say it could be daily if you was you know a heavy you know selling you know product-based b2c business um because there's you know more things that you talk about i mean I, i'm sure you're accustomed to subscribe to things like you know asos and an email comes for every day and things like that uh but yeah most the the most I do for any of my clients at the moment is once a week. Right. Most of my clients is like a once a month newsletter and then maybe an odd campaign here and there. Um, but I'd always say to people, just try and stay consistent. And again, it doesn't have to be that everyone in your list receives the one email a week. It might be, you know, I'm going to send this targeted email and to this segment Culture. of list yeah. and vice versa each week. And again, it's about knowing what your business is, what you're offering, what your audience wants and how they're going to react. Any thoughts? Yeah, I think a couple of times a month for me. There are a couple okay. of shops where I quite enjoy looking at like when the new stock, when they bring it in, um, and what they have to say about their products. And they send it out a couple of times a month. And for me, that's enough. If, I, if it comes through in the morning, I'm having a coffee, I'll sit and, and read it because I'm not bombarded. But there are some of them where it's like every single day. I'm like, no, yeah. just, they get deleted straight away. Or most of them get unsubscribed. Yeah, but it's getting your timings right as well. Not just the amount, but you know the time that that email is going to be sent. And it's understanding, again, when your audience is going to be probably the most, um, you know, free <laughs> to read that email. Yeah, yeah. You're going you're gonna to love this topic that we're going to move on to now, uh, which is your favorite R word, repurposing. Yeah. <laughs> Where does repurposing fit within this? And I ask this in terms of um, specifically for, 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 for me, when I, you know, I've, I've kind of thought about, uh, I cr- I'm creating like uh, one or two blogs a week. I could very easily turn that into some kind of email newsletter or something like that without really having to do any extra work Absolutely. and just link it then to the to the full um, blog article. So is that good practice, bad practice? Where where do you see uh, repurposing fitting in specifically with, with emails? I'd say it's very good practice. Again, it's about you've got one killer piece of content. Why not repurpose that into different media formats? Email is the perfect opportunity for you to do that, whether you actually repurpose it into the actual email itself or you just do an email to say, I've done this, this is where you go to go and read it. Um, but yeah, even podcasts, you know, you know, sending out an email when a new podcast has been released, maybe yeah. some you know, top highlights from that podcast to get people to go and listen. Videos, again, if you're publishing something to like YouTube, you can you know, do something in an email to say, you know, hey, we've kind of, you know, this is what we've done, go and have a look. There's so much there in terms of emails that you can do for repurposing other areas of your content. And sometimes we'll plan emails based on social content for a week. If we're, you know, focusing on a certain topic, 
For example, today of the day of recording, it's like International Women's Day. This week at 10X, we're doing quite a lot of um, social posts about an inspirational woman in the industry each day. Again, that can be pushed into an email and sent out to the audience as well. And maybe, you know, they're not saying every day, but maybe one at the end of the week that kind of does a roundup yeah. of, you know, these are all the people that we've kind of highlighted this week. It does, it does feel like the kind of area where maybe there is justification for if you're kind of making, you know, this is a special sort of set of content this week or something that maybe yeah. that you're, you're kind of, you're pledging, aren't you, to your audience, I'm, I'm going to send you something every day this week, but it's just for this week and it's for this reason that, that yeah. kind of help manage sort of people's expectations. Yeah, uh, that's that when works. they'll decide if not, do they want to unsubscribe? Is there just certain types of messages that they don't want to receive anymore yeah. um so you know offering that option as well hopefully there's some top tips in there for email marketing thank you very much i feel like you've really carried us both on this one oh, so, it's fine. Uh, thank you um, thank you for joining us you can find all our episodes at content360.fm where you can find out more about us and you can get in touch as well we'll catch you next time on content 360